Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. Amen. My, uh, my message title this morning is a simple one, and it's Love God and Love People. Pretty simple, but yet really important. And everybody said amen. Um, one of the reasons why I love God the way I love God today is because of the way that I was raised by both my parents, but mainly my father figure in my life. Um, some... Some kids are raised in homes of abuse and, and anger and hatred and they go to bed crying and it's just not a good situation. Maybe some of you had that situation growing up as children and you've come into the love of God. But those kids grow up and become adults and they have a hard time loving God and loving other people because of what they saw mainly from their father and or their mother. And I'm grateful this morning that that I had the example of my father who who provided for us. He worked hard um, early mornings, long days at work to provide money so that we could have what we need, me and my brother and of course mom as well and our family. He um, there's times, numerous times where he would say, Matt, go to your room. I did something stupid something disrespectful to mom, he said, go to your room. And I knew he'd be falling behind and he'd give me a loving whooping and he would discipline me. And then after I cried my little eyes out, he would come back in every time and tell me that he loved me, the reason why he did it. And I was happy then. And we'd hug it out. He, he prayed for us growing up. He protected us. He always made sure we had a home to live in. I had an awesome example as a dad. I did. And so that's made it a lot easier for me to have a love for God. Because God is now my heavenly Father. And, he, and I've experienced His love and His provision and His faithfulness. Amen? This morning I want to look at this topic of love God and love people. And I'm going to start, um, I have a lot of scripture, but I'm going to start in Deuteronomy chapter 6. A very familiar passage. This is God speaking through Moses to the people of Israel. And he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your might. And these words that I command you today shall be upon your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Moses preaches to God's people that you should love God with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your strength. That's his exhortation to God's people. And then he says, teach those very words to your kids. Let it be when you're sitting down at home. Before you go to bed, when you rise up, make it a part of your everyday life that your focus is loving God with all of your heart, soul, and might. And that's in the Old Testament. Then we find in the New Testament, in Mark chapter 12, 
says this in verse 28. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, speaking of Jesus, he asked Jesus, which commandment is the most important of all? There's all these commandments. What one is the most important, he asked Jesus. And Jesus says, the most important commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So we notice that Jesus quotes the words of Moses from Deuteronomy chapter 6, but he adds in there, love God with all your mind as well. So now it's all your heart, all your soul, all your might, and all of, or might or strength, and all of your mind, Jesus adds into it. And he also adds another commandment, love God with everything you got, but then love thy neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, there's no other commandment greater than those. Love God and love people. Those are the greatest commandments that you and I can obey and follow and live by today. Love God and love people as we love ourselves. In Luke chapter 10, there's another account in verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered Jesus, well, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. So Jesus now in this passage connects loving God with all of your strength, mind, soul, and mind, and might, and all those things, love God with everything you have, he connects it with eternal life. Because the guy's question was, how do I receive eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you tell me. And the guy says, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And Jesus says, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. And what that tells us is that if we love God with every aspect of our life, we're holding nothing back from him. Then, then our whole life and the fruit in our life and the way that we live our life is going to sh- prove that to the world. And therefore, our faith is going to be in Jesus, that he paid the price for our sins. We're going to have faith. We're going to speak boldly of God. Our trust will be in him, not in of ourselves. We're going to live our lives for him. We'll walk with God. We'll fear God. We will honor God. And our desire in our life will be to serve him if we love him with all of our heart, strength, soul, and mind. Jesus said, do this and you will live. That's how you find eternal life, by loving God with every aspect of your life, all in, sold out for God. Amen? Holding nothing back. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, but God demonstrates his love for us, just like a father demonstrates or a mother demonstrates shows proves or a husband demonstrates how he loves his wife or how a wife loves her husband you can tell your wife gentlemen all you want that you love her but are you showing her 
Are you proving it to her by the way you treat her, by the way that you talk to her, by buying her flowers once every six months? I should do better. But are you proving it? Are you demonstrating your love? God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were messing around and being selfish in our sin, that's when Jesus died for the world. When they were against him, they hated him, they would reject him, they were living their own life of sin, and yet God demonstrates his love for those people, you and I, while we were sinners. He sent Jesus to die, to prove his love, to show the world his love. And when the world recognizes how much God loves them, when you and I were in that place where we come to Jesus Christ, we, we received his gift of salvation, when we realized how much we, he loved us, we then, in response, desire to love him back. But it's a matter of recognizing. That's why I started by saying when natural families, when children don't see love from their dad, they struggle with showing love back. It's a battle. It's a struggle. And until those kids or those young adults, when they grow up, find a relationship with God themselves, they're going to have a hard time trusting people because all they've seen is everything but love. But because God has demonstrated his love by giving us Jesus to take our place and to pay the price for our sin, and when we recognize that and we receive that, we just want to love him back because he proved his love for us. And when this happens, and our heart now longs to love God back, we then want to love people in return. This is all the response of God demonstrating his love. He demonstrates and proves his love. Our response is, Lord, I want to love you more, and I want to love people more. Love God and love people. The scripture tells us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 12, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now, there's, there's a carnal love. A lot, of the, a lot of the love that the world calls love is actually just lust. There, how many young men or women or even doesn't matter the age but how many men and women are in relationships and they think it's love but it's just lust they're only in it for their own pleasure it's a selfish relationship that that gentleman's not thinking about the lady he's just in that relationship to get his own pleasures fulfilled in whatever lustful greedy way but yet the world labels this as love you see in, in, in movies and televisions and books and magazines nowadays where these, these horrible relationships that are completely out of God's design and out of order, they label it as love, but it's not love. It's, it's lust and perversity and, and selfishness. It's just a work of the flesh is, is all it is. But the Bible says that if anyone who does not love does not know God. That's why when you come to know God, there's a real love. I can love Cindy with God's love because he's given me his love. And in response, I give Cindy God's love, not just my own. 
Or I give my kids God's love. Because there's been times in my flesh, it rears its ugly head, and I, I, I act in a way where I'm more selfish and not showing the love of God to my wife or to my kids. We all do that, if we're honest. But ultimately, we cannot experience real love until we experience God's love. Because the scripture says in 1 John 4, 7, God is love. He doesn't just show it, but he is it. He, he is the definition of love. It's who he is. In verse 9, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Verse 10, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and His love is brought to full expression in us. Listen to that verse 12 once again. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and His love is brought to full expression in us. Do you know that when you love people in the world, people in the job, people in the church, it is God's love by the Holy Spirit shining through you? When you speak words of life and encouragement or on a text message or whatever to your brothers, to people that maybe aren't Christians yet, but you show love in your words, in your actions, words of kindness, words of of love, it is God's love, God's expression that they are seeing. Do you know that when, as an illustration, when Dan in his new ministry walks the streets downtown and he sits down with people who are broken and shooting up drugs and he talks to them and he listens to them and he maybe puts his arm around them and prays for them, gives them a bottle of water or some food or some shoes, God's love is at full expression through Dan. Dan doesn't have to work it up. Dan doesn't have to start you know, acting all spiritual and and religious and make sure they see a Bible in his hand. No, no, he just needs to love them. Just love them. Those people in this example, as Dan seemed, they are probably from homes where love was very little. Maybe it was never shown or hardly ever present. And so now they're in this horrible situation of feeling of love. And Dan goes with his big old boots that say, God loves you, basically. I love those boots. Look on Facebook. You'll see his boots there. Something about God's love on his boots. You can kick the enemy in the face and say, God loves these people. But all he's doing is loving them. And the Bible says in what we just read there in verse, 1 John 4, verse 12, and his love is brought to full expression in us. In us. In our everyday lives, people will see the full expression of God's love. When you and I are patient, with annoying people, God's love is being shown. When you listen to someone who needs to talk, God's love is being shown in full expression. When you welcome somebody new at church, it's God's love they're seeing in and through you. When you hold a door at the mall, little things like that. When you tip a waitress with a smile, you actually smile at them and say, thank you, and you leave some money. That's showing God's love. When you ask the, the Tim Hortons worker, when they say, next, please, you don't just say, I want a double-double. You say, hi, how are you this morning? And then you say, I would like a double-double. 
All these little things that make a difference. How many people, if a hundred people go into a coffee shop and they go to the same worker, I wonder how many times would those people say, hi, how are you this morning? I bet you it'd be like under five out of a hundred people. Take the time. Find little creative ways. Buy someone a coffee at your job and say, hey, here you go. No strings attached. I don't want nothing in return. Just let them see God's love in little ways in us. Love God and love people. John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another, Jesus says. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. How often the church can get that totally wrong. It's not about how fancy your church building is. It's not about how nice of a suit you're wearing. It's not about how well you preach. It's not about how well you pray. It's not about the gifts of the Spirit at work in your life. It's not about any of that stuff. It is about your love. The Bible says, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, that you are my followers, that you are Christians if you have love one for another. That's why this church, since Cindy and I joined a few years back, that's one thing I've always known in this church is that when people come in, we show them love. We don't have all the fancy bells and whistles to offer, but we do have love. And so we can show them that and let them see that we truly are followers of Jesus, that because we love God, we want to love them in return. Matthew 5, 43 through 44, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. We know that passage. We hear it as children. But then someone at work treats you bad, cusses you out. Someone on the street, you know, flips you the bird while you're driving or whatever. People, they're not nice sometimes. Sometimes people are going to rise up and they're going to hate you. There's another passage that says, "Be, be aware if everyone loves you. You want some people to hate you, I guess, right? So you can show them God's love. But it's so easy to show love to people when they're nice to you. But the stretch starting with me is showing God's love to people who are mean to you. They're not nice to you. Just this past week, I emailed a supplier. With, they sent us a product that was, it was, a, it, it went wrong. It wasn't correct. And I sent an, an email and, and explained, you know, what had gone wrong. And there was, the response was, um, that we're going we're gonna to remake it. I don't understand this email. It was just a, kind of an abrupt response. So I thought, okay, I'm going to call just to make sure, you know, I clear it up. I don't want there to be any, mis- any confusion. I called the supplier. Um, they put me on the phone with this gentleman. And I began, hi, it's Matt from such and such a place. Just uh, sorry about that email. I know you mentioned you didn't understand it. But I just wanted to, and he cuts me right off, right in mid-sentence, cuts me off. And says, we're remaking them. Is there anything else you need to know? And it was really abrupt and really rude. And it kind of took me off, like took me off guard. And immediately my flesh rose up and I wanted to be like, who do you think you are? I'm your customer here. Would your boss want to find out you're treating me this way? But I just continued my conversation. I said, okay, well, 
yeah, I just, and I explained, I finished the conversation and ended it. And I left thinking, what was that? Dude was so rude to me. Well, they remade the product and it came the very next day. It came very quickly. And so immediately I'm like, I'm going to email him and I'm going to thank him very much for the great service of getting that product back to me so quickly like he did. And I did that. And it, it, it makes you feel good when you can reply like that. And, and three minutes later, I get a response saying, no problem, sorry, it was our fault, thanks very much. But I could have responded in a way that would have scarred and even ruined that relationship. And more importantly, what if the guy found out I'm a Christian, and yet I respond that way? We're representing Jesus in every area of life, whether it's on an email at work, Walking in the grocery store, we're representing Jesus. And we want to make sure that we're showing His love. That they will, they will know that we're God's people by our love. It's by our love. And that takes humility. And Jesus says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Romans 12, verse 18 through 21. If possible, Paul says, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. If your enemy is hungry, your enemy, if he's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink, for by doing so you will heap burning coals of excuse me, burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil. But overcome evil with good. Don't respond in hatred or rage or a bad email. Overcome it with good, with love. One commentary regarding this heaping burning coals on their head, one commentary says this. The picture of putting coals on a person's head initially sounds like a picture of causing burning pain. But it's really not. Instead, it seems to be a picture of stirring up coals of fire to rouse it back to life again. It is a picture of stirring within a person a response of remorse when they see your kindness in the face of their meanness. This also, this must also be the sense that Paul's passage says we cause our enemies to be remorseful for their actions toward us. And in doing so, we overcome that evil by doing good. And so when we love in response, we love in response no matter how we feel. If you've got to wait 24 hours to cool down, wait 24 hours. But respond in love. And then they'll see, wow, I was so mean to that person. I was cruel to that person. And they only showed me love. That can bring some conviction of the Holy Spirit in their life. That can make them wonder, what is it about that person? Why would they respond in love to me when I was so harsh to them? Because we've experienced God's love, and now we're in response giving God's love to others. It relates to Proverbs 15.1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A soft or a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. There's been times where I would yell at my children. I'm tired, I'm frustrated, and I would yell in response, Go to your room. Why would you do that? Go to your room. And I would yell. 
And immediately I knew in a matter of minutes I'm going to be up there repenting of my sin and asking them to, for forgiveness. Because a soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. And how many times have I made things worse when I would lose maybe my temper or respond in a wrong way? And that would cause Austin to throw his dresser on the floor. And if only I responded in a gentle yet firm way, the dresser would still be upright. True story. When he was three years old. <laughs> way back when. That's, we'll share that story another time. This kid had super strength when he was three years old. Man. But it's true. We experience God's love in our life. We realize that our sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus. We realize that we have eternal hope. We have reason for living. We're not just living for our jobs. We're not just living for money. We're not living for the material things of the world. God has revealed his love to us. And now we want in every area, in every way, in every action, all of our attitudes, all of our words, all of our thoughts, all of our response to people we want it to be god's love we want to love god and we want to love people billy graham said it is the holy spirit's job to convict god's job to judge and my job to love how true is that it's the holy spirit's job to convict god's job to judge and my job is to love we love people I'll be closing shortly here in 1 Corinthians verse chapter 13. Very familiar passage. We hear this passage a lot at weddings because it has to do with love. And we read in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1 through 8. It says, if I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but I don't have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. And as for knowledge, it will pass away. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is Love. The greatest of these is love. Prophesy all you want. Speak in a, a, a heavenly language all you want. But you don't show love. You're not effective in God's church. You gain nothing without love. The Bible says, Austin, if I may, the Bible says that if I'm up here preaching up a storm and we have a church, hey, we're opening up a church Come on in. And people are in there and everyone's just, oh, oh, and, and there's no love. Oh, praise God. Oh, look at me. That says the Lord. That says the Lord. Oh, 
How many of you were edified right there? How many of you were built up in your walk with Jesus Christ? How many of you want to love Jesus more? Oh, 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 oh. Sounds like a strange dance around a fire. But that's what it says. If we have no love, we're annoying. We're, we're irritating. We're fake. It's, 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 it's a mess. And they're not going to want to come back to a church like that. They're not going to want to talk to a person who, who acts like that. So spiritual. Oh, want to hear the Bible verses I memorized? Oh, look at all these Bible verses I know. Oh, and God says you have nothing without love. Nothing without love. You're a clashing, annoying, irritating symbol. You're a noise. You're a noise. And noise is not effective for the kingdom of God. We don't want to find God's love and then just be a noise to people. An irritating noise. We want to be a loving vessel of humility and kindness and realness. Realness. Be real. Be transparent. Be open. Be loving to the world. As I close here, I, I love David Wilkerson's ministry. And many of you, I'm sure, know David Wilkerson, but he was 26 years old and he was 115 pounds and he went to New York City. God called him there. He was a country preacher. He went to New York City, and he was ministering to gangs and drug addicts, and he would go up to gang members being led of the Holy Spirit. And he had death threats and, 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 and failure, and God, this, this is not working here. And, we, and he stayed the course, and he, was, and he was there in New York City, and he was preaching one day on the street, and he was preaching the gospel. And a man named Nicky Cruz he was the gang leader of the Mau, the Mau Mau's in New York City. A tough kid. He, was, he moved from, I believe it was Dominican or Puerto Rico, to New York City when he was 15 years old to live with his brother because his parents were into witchcraft and sorcery. And he, and he was 15, living in downtown New York City. And, he, and so he got involved in a gang because he, he had no one to love him. Do you know that's why a lot of times people get into gangs is because nobody loves them. Nobody accepts them, and so they find a bunch of thugs who they can relate with, and whether it's by drugs or, or cr- crimes or violence, and so they are initiated into that family, that gang, where they're so-called loved, but it's, it's destructive. And so Nicky Cruz, this gang leader, is there, and he hears David Wilkerson preaching the gospel, and, and he approached David Wilkerson, and he told him to, to stop, and he was cussing him, and he, and he slapped him. And, and, and he said, don't come near me, preacher, or else I'll kill you. And David Wilkerson said this, you could do that. You could cut me up into a thousand pieces and lay them in the street, and every piece will still love you. And I heard Nikki share about this incident, and it completely changed his life. He wasn't expecting to hear that. Because you would expect to hear a threat back. Okay, you know what? I'm going to call the cops, man. Or back up, right? David had nothing to offer. He was 115 pounds. He was a gang leader. But David had the power of the Holy Spirit. David knew he experienced the love of God. And that's why he could boldly say to those gang leaders on the streets of New York City that Jesus loves you and he will always love you. And even when he is told to get away and to shut up and I'll kill you, 
And he still says, go ahead and every piece will still say that I love you. That's amazing. Nicky Cruz now is an evangelist across the world preaching the gospel. He was radically saved and became really great friends with David Wilkerson. He's got numerous books that tell the story of, of their relationship and how they met. It's amazing what God's love can do, isn't it? It really is. And we've got to just resist that temptation to respond in our flesh, to respond in our carnal, sinful flesh, and we've got to respond in the love of Jesus Christ. I close with one more quote from Charles Spurgeon, a great Baptist preacher from the 1800s. He said, very simply, he says this, If we empty our hearts of self, God will fill them with his love. How simple and true that is. And that's called sanctification. That's a daily, hourly process in this guy. Lord, help me to empty me of myself and fill that area with your love, that I can just show that love to others. Amen? Can we stand? We're going to close in prayer. If you want to close with a worship song, Dad, we can. Father, we want to just thank you for your great love. Lord, we want to thank you that while we were sinners, Lord, you loved us by sending Jesus to die for us, to die in our place, Lord. May we recognize this morning in a new way your great love that you have for us, and may we this week, as we go to our jobs, to our schools, to our family members, Lord, may we be focused and intentional about showing the love of God so that they will see our good works. They will see the way that we love them in response, even when maybe they're expecting a harsh word back. But, Lord, we will give them a gentle word. We'll give them a sentence that speaks of the love of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, may they be taken back and may they see Christ in us by the power of your Spirit and your amazing love. We pray this, God. We don't want to be selfish. We don't want to live in our flesh. We don't want to respond like the world responds. We want to be different. We want to stand out. We don't want to blend in. Lord, may we be a people that stand out. And may we be a church that when people come in here, immediately they see the love of God. Let that never change, Lord. Let us be a a church of the love of God, I pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody say, amen. Let's worship God. Well, thank you, Heavenly Father, for Jesus Christ. He truly is, Lord, our righteousness, 100% fulfilled. Lord, we don't have to strive anymore. You've done it all for us. You've run the race for us, God. And we're so thankful that we can rest in you today, Lord. So whatever uh, we're going through, Father, relationally or emotionally or health-wise, financially, fear, doesn't matter. You take it all. You say, come. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Well, Lord, we receive that rest today. We want to relax into your grace and understand, Lord, that you are not going to leave us in this condition because you want us to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, Lord. And it is a race, Father, and we need you 
to prompt us, as Pastor Matt has presented the word this morning, Lord. You just won't leave us like this. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) See, love is going to grow. Love is going to (laughs) grow. And you're going to cause it to grow, Father, in our hearts. And Father, even this week coming up, whatever it's going to present to us, we're going to do very well walking with you through it. We're going to do very well, Lord. And we are going to be beacons of light. We're going to shine bright this week, Father. Not because we try to be religious, but because you, the living God, live inside of us, Father. And oh God, how we want to be vessels fit for the Master's use. We want to be shining brightly in our workplaces, our classrooms this week, our homes, our communities, Lord. We want to shine bright for you, God. Thank you for your word, Lord. We're taking a stand on your word in this church, Father. And we're staying there. So, Father God, go with each of us in our individual walk this week. We love you. We praise you. But we love because you first loved us, Lord. You have caused this. It's a foreign love. It's a great love. Jesus, magnify your name this week in our lives and through this church. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.